Support for this podcast and the following message come from Internet Essentials from Comcast. Connecting more than 6 million low-income people to low-cost, high-speed Internet at home. So students are ready for homework, class, graduation, and more. Now they're ready for anything. <laughs> I'm not looking for a friend. I'm looking for a Jedi Master. Jedi Master. Do you have any idea what you, you, this is Star Wars? I, I got that part. You know him? Well, keep listening. Take it to him, baby. <laughs> yes, yes. Come, come. Following their diminutive guide, Luke and R2-D2 slog through the oppressive jungle bog. So this is something I just remembered randomly over the weekend, that back in the day, you could buy... Uh, teleplays, basically, of movies on vinyl. And I, I own this vinyl of Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> they just What they do is they just take clips from the movie, add in a little narration. I don't know who produced these. Add in this voiceover, and you, and you can sit down and you can listen to the, uh, to the entire movie. I know they did it for the first Star Wars. I know they did it for The Empire Strikes Back. And then I can't find anything after that. Can it be done? He will join us or die, Master. Look out now. So I, I so had those are all real from the movie. Yeah, those are all clips from the... But the narration, the, that guy, yeah, yeah. who sounded like uh, an NPR voice, uh, one of the first hosts of NPR, Mike Waters, but I'm not sure. Oh, now I, now I want to find out. Yeah, I'll have yeah, to look I that know. up. But I, I randomly remembered this over the weekend. I wish I still owned this vinyl, but it reminded me how much I love films and film scores and how I have my entire life because I was in elementary school when I was listening to this on vinyl. I'm, I'm a big movie score geek, but I don't really play movie music or scores on the show oh, almost no. at all. But I want to do that now. I want to do all that right. on this on this week's show because there's a new soundtrack from a guy named Michael Andrews, and I love the work of Michael Andrews. Uh, he did the score for a film called Donnie Darko, uh, which has, a, has had a big influence on me. And he's got a new movie that he scored called The Big Sick. I want to play this song from it. It's called The Two-Day Rule.
So this does something that's very common in, in, in film scores where you take a single melodic line and uh, you change the mood of that melody with all the production and the orchestration, but it's still the same melody over and over again. But that, you know, it goes from crushingly sad to celebratory by the end, but the melody continues to be the same. I'm imagining it's a couple. Uh, there's an apprehension in the, in their relationship, and then it, it all gets pretty good. The big say, it's, it's a romantic, no it's a romantic comedy. Okay, fair. okay so I I uh, I want to see it, and I want to see it because of I know that Michael Andrews did the score to it, but it, um, it's I haven't seen it yet. But this happens a lot oh. with me, where I'll hear a score before I see the movie. The Revenant, the score to The Revenant was incredible, and then uh, so I, I have to see how they use this. Anyway, this is uh, this is Michael Andrews, a favorite composer of mine. His his music's a bit like John Bryan, if you if you like his work. Um, another one of my favorite composers, uh, Max Richter, Johnny Greenwood, some of my favorites too. That I can't imagine work. putting those Max the Max Richter and Johnny Greenwood in with what you just played. At if all. you heard what this guy Michael Andrews did for Donnie Darko, you would. So okay. the, Donnie Darko is is a much moodier, slower. Uh, some ambient things in it. This is much sweeter, much more playful uh, than that. The song was Two Day Rule from The Big Sick. I'm going to play uh, in 2013, my number one album of the year was a record by The Blow. I remember that. The Blow is uh, Melissa Dine and Kayla Marisic, and they finally. What takes people four years? They finally have a new record. I'm sorry. What about my needs? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, I, I miss them. You're right. I just miss yeah. them. I miss them terribly. And I'm happy that they're back. This record that comes out is called, new album that comes out is called Brand New Abyss. It comes out September 22nd. I'm going to play a new song from it called Get Up. And Kayla wrote to say that Get Up started with this crazy sound that Melissa made on a modular synth. And the chorus just popped out of my mouth like something I'd been needing to be able to say for a long time without knowing it. It was like how you write a love song so easily when your heart is being crushed. With this, it's feeling like my whole spirit is being crushed by extreme capitalism. I'll explain in a minute. Like everything I used to love got demolished and replaced by a glossy new bank. So they're living oh. in New York, big parking lot out their window, and that parking lot turned into this construction site right. over the course of making this record. And in the end, I assume it turned into a glossy new bank. Uh, but I'm going to play this song from uh, The Blow, and it's called Get Up. I'm right here Habitating in a human form On planet Earth where I was born And I like it here, I do though People tell me that this place is through But F that man, I just got here No one exists who's not here This is the only place anyone is And I will admit Maybe I'm only here a bit Some parts of me don't fit here They go bulging out into the ether It's like the front of my face Is all that really gets to but I want to come through, persist I'm going to form all my cells into the shape of a fist I'll be going at the air until there's room to exist I'm going to get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up Space. 
I guess that whole speak singing thing is sort of their vibe. I'd forgotten that. Yeah, yeah. I know you're not a fan of that. Actually, it's my attraction to them, as you would imagine. Yeah. Because when I've seen them perform, Melissa Dine uh, was on uh, electronics by the mixing console in the back, and Kayla is up there doing sort of more performance movement. So she's speaking to you, and then she's singing to you, and it feels really completely natural. And the connection that she's making with the audience is not just all in her head, and I'm going to sing these songs, and you're going to listen to them, but she's really trying to make some sort of direct contact in the way she does that, breaking from speaking, telling you a story, to then turning it into some kind of chorus and repetitive thing that is now sung as opposed to spoken. Anyway, that's The Blow. I'm so excited about their new album called Brand New Abyss. It comes out September 22nd. That title, Brand New Abyss, like, <laughs> it's still just so hopeless. Hey, but we at least it's a new abyss. <laughs> right. Right? You could see somebody <laughs> writing an ad about, welcome to the Brand New Abyss. Yes. Tired of the old <laughs> abyss? Try the new abyss. <laughs> oh, well, I've got music from someone who also is back from a, a four-year break, uh, the band Rye. It's been four years since their record, uh, Woman. It came out in 2013. It had this song on it. God, I thought it was Hello, It's Me from Todd Rundgren for a second. Oh, no, oh, no. But yes, yeah. of course. Their music is so smooth and slinky and sultry yeah. and sexy. And this is Robin Hannibal and Mike Milos. You use the word sexy, but keep I, going. I, yeah, I, I can say it's very sexy music. It's like his voice, Mike Milos's voice, oh, yeah. just beautiful. And Bob, they've got new music out, and you know what the forecast is? Steamy. <laughs> very steamy. <laughs> yeah, very steamy. Uh, very seductive uh, a new song called Please. It's just a single. They released it with another single uh, last week called Summer Days. But this song, this is Please from Rye. Mm-hmm. 
remember what Rye's live shows are like? Well, I remember the first time I went to see Rye and only had heard the songs from Woman and went uh, to see her. Right. Well, that and, and the name of the record was, I think that was played on your mind too, the yeah. fact that the record was called and, Woman. And, and there was Mike singing the songs and oh, it really had taken, taken it back and it could made you, it all the better, actually. Could you even see him on stage? Their shows are, so, they were so dark, remember? Just so the, this was South by and they, South by Southwest and they really had no control over the lighting and stuff. But I do I, remember yeah. uh, how dim, in fact, when we were going to broadcast a video of them performing at Le Poisson Rouge, they asked us uh, no lights and just a few candles on a table. And we right. went, oh my, and no faces. We can't right. show their faces. Yeah. Well, that footage is still online. We yeah, have right. that uh, so people can still watch it. There's not much Sorry. to see beyond the shadows. But um, <laughs> Well, anyway, Mike Milo, she said that he wanted this new record to be more like their live shows. Uh, he says, I'm, I'm quoting him here, that the new record is a, it's a little more psychedelic. I really wanted to incorporate much more soulful and earthy colors. It had to be all live percussion and piano. The human intimacy had to come through the actual instrumentation on this record. And this song, Please, is the stepping stone to where he says the band is headed. The, the second song I said is called Summer Days. No word yet on a, whether they're going to have a full-length record, but maybe, maybe yet this year. I hope so. I just had an idea. Hey, Mike, we will do an evening Tiny Desk concert. Oh, yeah. 
We'll have if to figure out. You know, our, we have those eco-friendly lights that come on anytime. We'll have to figure out the motion sensor yeah. setting. I will. I will unscrew every light bulb. Wow, <laughs> that's a big. That's a big promise. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do that. But we, we we do that for them. But please come. Should we take a quick break? Sure. And uh, when we come back, a very special guest on a very special edition of All Songs Considered. Oh my gosh, he's never going to live up to this. <laughs> <laughs> Support for All Songs Considered and the following message come from Squarespace. Squarespace offers a unique domain experience that's fully transparent and simple to set up. Make your next move by visiting squarespace.com to start your free trial and use offer code SONGS for 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website. So our special guest is here, and his special guest actually works here, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so he yeah. has to. So yeah. for the, the past, uh, I guess, what, it's almost seven months now, uh, Andrew Flanagan's been here and, and a delight to have. And, and Andrew does a lot of the news writing now on our website and a lot of investigative work and stuff and music reporting, and it's really just wonderful to have you. But he also actually has good taste in music. <laughs> <laughs> actually has. He does, and he turned me on to this record that I've never, ever heard about. Joseph, how do you say his last name? Shevison. And this is all over the map, and I love it. It's, uh, yeah, I, I, I heard it, and it kind of goes in and out. It's not an ambient record. It's not jazz. He's a saxophonist that plays with Destroyer and Diana a lot. And... You listen to it, and there's no real... It's not cynical, and it's not sentimental. It's just kind of very true life-sounding. And it feels very original. I couldn't think of anything... There are bits and pieces of things you say, oh, that sounds a little like something, like almost sometimes experimental jazz or ambient music, but it's not any of that. And Yeah, I talked to him over the weekend, and he kind of... He said he wanted to move away from a focus on virtuosity with saxophone records in particular. So for this one, he just kind of played around with themes and really put a lot of effects pedals and random sounds on his saxophone to kind of draw it away from virtuosity and towards just this very steady, beautiful through line of music. And and it goes all over the map. Can we play just, uh, you're going to play one song in its entirety, but I just give people an idea of like why this is so exciting and where it kind of goes, which I... I want yeah, to play I would, a couple little things real quick. Yeah, I would start maybe with H. And and that's spelled A Y T C H E. So this is the first song I heard from the record. And it's just uh it's really beautiful. I mean, I always go for ambient music especially when I'm working, but this one really stuck out. It grabs your attention. And give me another idea. If you move to like chopping wood, is extremely aggressive in comparison. Yeah, it's super ominous. That's a sax. Wow. Mm-hmm. There you hear it a little there. Yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, and I remember that cut just ends on the... Uh, yeah. Right? What song do you want to bring to the table? I thought Long Swim really kind of captures how beautiful his sax tone is and just also just how jazzy and ambient just the entire record is without really being either of them. Let's play Long Swim, and his name again is... Joseph Shabison.
love the ambi mixed in with the i mean musical ambience in many many ways there's there were birds and yeah with the field recordings the, the dogs little barking. barking dog was perfectly placed <laughs> it was there for you in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't like the song until i heard the barking dog and then that was it i like i'm in i mean he he told me he said i wanted to be repetitive and monotonous but with moments of joy and just like kind of trudging through life and you get that you know it is really joyful but also just kind of existing I, I, I may be transferring my own uh, phobia of water here, but there was something very suffocating about that to me. With the title Long Swim, like I felt like I was in water on this endless slog through the water. Not, I, and I don't actually mean that in a bad way, but it was some, there was a tension to the music. And I don't, I don't know if I would have sensed it as much if it were named, you know, Vase of Flowers or something like that, <laughs> but something in the title Long Swim. That's funny because uh, my kind of metaphor for the whole record was like swimming with ankle weights on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a great way of putting it. Great, Andrew Flanagan. Thanks for bringing that. That's Joseph Shabison, and uh, the record's called H, but not the letter. A Y T C H E. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks for turning us on to that. That's glad to. Take care. Yeah. Well, Bob, do you have something that's uh, to lift us out of the water if we've been swimming with ankle weights for the? For the last uh, segment, uh, I have something that is that's somewhat uh, depressing and fascinating, and it rocks. So I mean, yeah, in in the spirit of the age, absolutely. I have a new uh, song by Proto Mortar. This is their fourth album that's coming out on Domino. It's uh, it's called Relatives in Descent. the The song I'm going to play is called A Private Understanding. This song. Uh, it was a song that Joe Casey, the lead singer and guitarist, Greg Ahe, had in mind to be the lead-off track. They didn't even have words yet, but Greg had this great guitar line. And so Joe was insistent on trying to figure out a way to make an album that wasn't so weighty, depressing, or as some of the lyricism in the past records. Uh, and, then, uh, and then the elections came. And uh, things changed. And I was really fascinated by the words in this. Two things are going to happen here. One is uh, I called up Joe Casey to ask him about this song. So I'm going to play this interview I did the other day with Joe. And we play a little bit of the song in the interview, but then I'm going to afterward play the entire song. So you get a taste of all of this. Make sense? Joe Casey's on the line when I do this. I'll play a little clip of the song. Joe Casey, somehow you seem to have managed, at least in my little brain, uh, to take Donald Trump, later Elvis Presley, and Joseph Stalin, and Heraclitus the Obscure, and wrap it all into one tune, <laughs> very beautifully, <laughs> I might add. Well, uh, thank you. The inspiration for this must be just living in the 21st century. 
but more. There seems to be a deeper historical uh, thought process going on here. Yeah, I, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> basically, like this song, Greg had this song a long time ago. It was the first demo that he brought in. And so we right off the bat, we, we both kind of decided, okay, this is going to be the first song on the album, but I didn't think about lyrics for it or anything. So by the time it came time to do the lyrics, uh, the world was... Uh, slightly different than it was a couple months prior and so it kind of just informed the uh the tone i'd say besides the newspaper what do you read well i try to read uh as much as much as i can uh it helped that we toured so much this last year so i was able to read a lot on the road um you're not the driver i'm gonna say (laughs) (laughs) luckily i'm not the driver so yeah the book for this one that was kind of an influence a lot was the Anatomy of Melancholy, which is a book by a guy named Robert Burton that came out like in the 1600s. And if you look at it, it looks like a brick. It's uh, it's 500 and something pages. It's not something I would usually read, but, uh, you know, long drives across America. It's good to read a book all about the history of melancholy. Why are people sad is basically the right. point of the book. And, and then in the 1600s, what were they thinking? And how does it tie to all of this stuff? Well, what I like about it, because it's so long, is the guy really spent years revising it, and he, he, he pretty much says everything makes you sad. <laughs> he kind of goes through. And there's a line in the song where it's about the the scholar will be forever poor, you know, the gross gold runs headlong to the bore. Like that is, he has a c- couple chapters about how being intelligent or, uh, you know, caring about things will cause you to be sad trying to help other people will make you sad. And it just keeps going on and on and on. This guy spent years and years and pulling all these quotes from other writers and things. So it's, I don't know if it's a good bathroom read, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's okay. If we think about that sort of way of thinking about the world and you think about where you are in the world today, and then you also talk about Mr. Elvis Presley driving through Arizona Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a true story of Elvis Presley driving through the desert and seeing in the clouds uh, in his own mind or the clouds forming the shape of Joseph Stalin, and this changed his life. Well, what was interesting about that was, uh, you know, from a book that was, you know, the life story of Elvis Presley. It's just a Peter Olnick book? Yes, yes, which is great because it really captures this one guy. You, you, You feel like you kind of get to know his whole life and kind of his inner thinking. And at the time he was really trying to be spiritual. He was trying to find meaning in life. And so he was talking to gurus and reading, you know, trying to read a bunch of books about it. And so he was really trying to reach out for a message, you know, a sign from the world and, you know, whether how hopped up on pills or tired from driving he was, when he saw this cloud that looks like Joseph Stalin, he just got really, really bummed out. He just thought, okay, this this is a bad sign. But then, you know, the wind changed and it became, in his mind, the face of Jesus Christ. And then, of course, then he was happy again. And it really affected him. But was what was interesting about the book is that, that there's that period in his life where he got really into, like, trying to change the world and be a better person. And it just kind of over time kind of slowly eroded and you know like i think in anybody's life where you're for a period you're just really you know searching for answers and then you realize that maybe it's just clouds in the sky and it might not uh, you know give you the answers that you're looking for you paint quite a grim picture of 
Again, the truth really is all you're painting, but uh, where Elvis could never describe that feeling in the next to last line in the song, basically, is he passed away on the bathroom floor. Right. Um, are you a hopeless human after reading all this stuff, or is is there? I, I haven't listened to this whole record, but it it is the opening cut to the record, as you say. It sort of mm-hmm. is the, from what I understand, that sort of defines much of the record, both in tone and that's not just guitar tone, right? It's, it, it's right, right. How are you feeling? <laughs> these days, Joe. <laughs> Gonna worry about Well, <laughs> thanks for asking. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the, it basically the you know in a, in a very large nutshell, the the whole way I was feeling this last year was I really was hoping to set out to kind of write because all our albums have been kind of a little grim. Yeah. Um, and I was really kind of hoping, okay, this you know this time you know it's a new album. I'm going to try to approach it in a different way and try to find more light uh, because there is more light. I, I don't want to sound like I'm a yeah. morbid person, but then kind of the way the world turned, it just seemed like the exact wrong time to come out with an everything's fine album. <laughs> um, but I also feel like, especially at the end of this song and then at the end of the last song of the album, there's the idea that there is some sort of truth, whatever it is to you, that's trying to reach out to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not, I'm not saying the looking for it is a fool's game. You know, Elvis maybe didn't find the answers he was looking for, but people, there is a, a certain kind of hope in looking for some sort of truth in the world. I hope it's a little bit uplifting and not just completely what's the point of anything. But I think nowadays it's kind of the the mood, at least with me and with a lot of people I know, is like, what's the point of all this? Yeah. Uh, all I can say is that having... Uh, being older and and living through the time in the in the 1960s with uh, where uh, your friends were called to war and killed and it seemed so despairing it turned mm-hmm. out to be a uniting force um, right and i think the world got better for it so i don't know hang That's, in there joe yeah. <laughs> I, yes i'm hoping I, I i'm old enough to realize that the pendulum swings yeah, both ways it sure does and that there there is, you know, that's why I am trying to say that there is a light, and as far as like, like you said, a unifying force. There, this sometimes bad things that happen to you can can bring people together. So, yeah. and then there are people who, who the pendulum has swung a, this certain way it has is they feel this is the best of times right. for them too. So it's a. I'm trying to figure out uh, what kind of person that is, and I, <laughs> maybe I'll discover it this year. I look forward to hearing the rest of the record. Thanks for doing this. Well, thank you so much. Not by my own hand. Automatic writing by Phantom Will. Now with my own voice. Pluracy made to stand on two legs. That's how I bomb my head. In this age of blasting trumpets, paradise for fools, infinite wrath, and the lowest deep below a depth. Don't wanna hear those foul trumpets anymore. Conscious waste despair. The night is an accumulation of dark air. 
The scholar will be forever poor Gross gold lungs headlong to the ball Don't want to hear those foul trumpets anymore Call me Heraclitus the Obscure Constantly weeping cause the river doesn't move Doesn't flow It's been led by snotter men To make profit from the poor Don't want to hear those foul trumpets anymore
they so perfectly capture in that song the the push and the pull, that inner battle that he talked about in the interview going in and between. I don't know, loving life and embracing life fully and understanding everything and then being completely confused and feeling hopeless. And wow, it's extraordinary record. I have heard the whole thing. I think it's the best record Proto Martyr's done so far. There's some glorious noise on it. Awesome. Thanks for Joe Casey for, for chatting about that song. The song's called The Private Understanding and the album's called Relatives in Descent. That album comes out September 29. Another title you can just chew on <laughs> endlessly and get stuck in a loop thinking about all the ways to interpret what that title means, relatives in descent. You want to go out on Waxahachie, new Absolutely. music from Waxahachie? This is Katie Crutchfield. Uh, we've been following her for a few years now. Started putting music out uh, about five years ago, and she's just about to release her fourth full-length record in those five years, four records in five years. That's more like it. Yeah, come on. Step it up, everybody. Out in the Storm is the name of the record, and um, she says it's not specifically a breakup record, although it certainly feels like it when you listen to these songs, but it is one that documents the end of a chapter in her life with someone. Um, she says that after her last record, Katie Crutchfield says after her last record in 2015, Ivy Trip, she said she felt drained professionally and also just personally and emotionally after the end of a bad relationship. So the songs on this new record, Out in the Storm, it's the sound of her working through all of this. And the song I want to go out on is called Brass Beam. It's one of the more uh, electric rock cuts uh, on the record. And it's all about how you get through the simplest routines when you're down, how you get through just the simplest moments in your life when you're down. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to uh, to hearing this. I've yet to listen to this either. There's it is such out, a out Friday. Of I stuff. know. I know. This one's out uh, Friday, July 14th. A lot of great records coming out this yeah. Friday, actually. Uh, let's see. We put the JSOM Tiny Desk up, uh, and uh, I'm very excited about Treat that. Treat yourself to it if you haven't watched yeah. it yet. And uh, we have a track by track. This track by track series is we basically ask artists to explain from their new record each of the tracks in their own words. So that goes up for Japanese breakfast on Friday. Yep. Excited about that. And uh, just had one for Haim, if you missed that one. There's a track-by-track track from Haim from last week. Thanks, Mr. Hilton. Thanks, Bob. This is Brass Beam from Waxahachie. For NPR Music, it's all songs considered. <laughs> I'd never be a girl you like or trust or you respect When I think about it, I wanna punch the wall When I remember everything, I wonder if I always feel small You look for me in the broken glass and styrofoam You work real hard to herd your friends into a gallery Narcissistic injury disguised as masterpiece I just wanna run, yeah, I don't wanna fight I just wanna sing my songs and sleep through the night
trying to write it out I got lost in your rendition of reality All my offering rendered boring hyperbole Thanks for listening to and supporting NPR Podcasts. To view the entire NPR Podcast catalog, visit npr.org slash podcasts. That's npr.org slash podcasts.